you guys. Welcome to another episode of Women Speaking Truth. My name's Andy. I'm here with my really good friend, Galen. And this uh, podcast is all about literally just doing the next thing that we sense God asking us to do, which is see how women, like what conversations do we need to be having about the Bible simply to spur one another on. So right now when this episode is released, it's Christmas. We're about 10 days from that, I think. 12, maybe. 12, I think. So when you guys get this, it'll be probably the week of Christmas. So Galen, quick question for you. Is there something that you hate about Christmas that most other people like? Oh, totally. I I guess most other people like this, or maybe they feel the same way I do. Um, Something I hate about Christmas is caroling. Wait, Christmas caroling? (laughs) That is like sacrilegious nearly. (laughs) Galen, are you American? Okay, I'm I'm okay with singing a few Christmas carols. Are you now? No, you're not. You're trying really hard to say that. You're like, no, 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 I'm okay. No, I like some Christmas carols, but the idea of people showing up at my door and singing at me is just like, appalling. <laughs> I would love to do that now. It gives oh, me like, oh, I would do anything to do you that. Would too. I, oh, I'm already thinking who could I ask and would they actually come with me? So it's funny you oh, say Andy. that. So I've got this cute neighborhood. I think there are maybe I'm totally making up numbers, maybe a hundred houses. I think more than that, actually probably a little bit like lots more than that, but it's a cute, quaint neighborhood with really invested neighbors. So because I'm the woman who likes caroling, I'm putting together next Sunday night this Christmas caroling event. They, oh, I totally am. <laughs> Where I'm like, get your Christmas gear on and a flashlight and we're going to meet at the park and go... Like, I routed it out. If you're one of Andy's neighbors, I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what I did wrong. I didn't tell my husband. (laughs) So then I pitched the idea, hon, guess what we're going to do in a couple weeks? We're going to get neighbors together and go Christmas caroling through the neighborhood. And his face was like, no, please, no. He's like, no, please, no. I was like, why? You don't want to do that? He's like, no, it's my worst nightmare ever. He's like, no, please, do I have to go? And I was like, yes, do I have to go? So, okay, Galen, Galen and uh, Andy hate Christmas caroling. I don't, I totally love wrapping presents. Do you? I oh, love yeah. it. I love wrapping presents. I love it. I love, so I always, my husband and I always get a live Christmas tree. I don't know. Nice. This is like a childhood tradition. Wow. So from the time I was young, we would go out to a tree farm. We would cut down a tree. We always had a live tree. Wow. So I just can't get on board with fake trees. Can't do I it. love my fake tree. I love it. Now, the only bummer is not having the smell when you walk in the front door. Yeah. Now, we did have a bit of a disaster one year, a couple of years ago. We went to a farm that will remain unnamed. Um, and cut down a tree. <laughs> I don't know what happened with this tree, Andy, but literally like about two weeks. So we usually get it the weekend after Thanksgiving, two weeks before Christmas. We'd had this tree for like two weeks. You would walk by it and just like the slight breeze from you walking by, I would just hear Psh, no, stop like, it. all the needles. No. Falling off the tree. Oh, that's terrible. So we, we had to throw it out before Christmas. <gasps> no, stop. Oh, that's it, horrible. I mean, it was like a fire hazard. Yeah. And when we took the tree out through the front door, I swear to you, it was just branches at that point. <gasps> 
<laughs> hey, you know what? It was so sad. Oh, it sounds like such a ripoff. That's why I do fake trees, FYI. <laughs> but hey, um, I remember, so Andy and I, my husband's name is Andy. We both grew up in Southern California. Then we came out here to Virginia, which is where we are now, Galen and I, in this moment. Uh, it's been 16 years that we've been here. We thought we were here for just eight weeks. Just eight weeks. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Did you not know this? I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah. We were here for just eight weeks. So we had shorts, t-shirts, a George Foreman, and a DVD player. That's it. Because it was eight weeks, you know? So Those then... the essentials for eight weeks. Exactly. So we ended up staying another semester and it was sad by that time we were in this little apartment and we had no money and no Christmas decorations because they were all in California. I remember my favorite Christmas was that Christmas. So we weren't going to make a big deal. We were flying home for Christmas to be with our families anyway. So we're like, well, bummer. We won't have decorations and a Christmas tree in our cute apartment. But say, lovey, we won't even be here. Well, we had just started getting a feel for community. We thought we had community in California. We didn't. We had friends who attended our church. But there was a true lack of depth and openness in honesty, I'm not sure that it was quite kosher, in my opinion, to have problems unless they were truly out of hand, problems that couldn't be tamped uh, and tamed. Right. So mm-hmm. here we are with community for the first time. So one day, it was a Sunday evening, and a bunch of friends knocked on our door and said, come on, get a jacket and wouldn't tell us where we're going. I mean, like 15 friends. And so we're like, okay, before kids, we could just be spontaneous. We end up driving to a friend's friend, like her, she owned land. And they brought a chainsaw that they borrowed from somebody and said, pick a tree. We have permission, pick any tree you want. So we're like, no way. And they brought hot chocolate and everybody, not everybody, but like several girls made cookies. And we totally had this big cutting down the Christmas tree party. They had pre-bought the stand for our apartment and collected from their, frankly, their old Christmas crap, (laughs) but like the tree skirt and ornaments and lights And then we took it back to our house and they helped set it up. And I could take you downstairs right now and show you the ornaments that are from this group of friends. That is so special. Isn't that amazing, Galen? That's amazing. So, hey, ladies, if you're checking this out, there are guys there too. I don't mean to marginalize you. This is what we do is like real life together where we can be fully open. We could talk about the real stuff without feeling like we have to hide it for fear of shame or being found out. Because when we're the most honest with ourselves, with others, and really with God, is when we're going to experience God the most. Mm. So I'll tell you, Galen, for real, it was that group of friends. And that's why that was like a Christmas I will never forget. Isn't that cool? I love that story. Me too. I love that story. You know, and it's it's funny, and I know we want to get into our content and what we want to talk about today, but you talking about that, that experiencing of community, um, probably one of the hardest and also one of the best Christmases I had was about six years ago. Um, 
my husband and I had given our lives to Christ that summer. It was the hardest year of our lives, mm-hmm. and we got baptized in December. Wow. And I remember, because there's a video of our story, mm-hmm. and there's a Christmas tree in the background. Wow. And it was like two weeks before Christmas. So that <sighs> Christmas was just so special, because we shared like the deep, broken, sinful, Ooh. ugly parts of our story um, in a public setting for the first time. I remember I was there sitting in that service, listening and going, no way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Because my life looked pretty. Exactly. From the outside. Yep. Um, but there was a lot of mess inside of mm-hmm. it. And it was the first time I really publicly shared that. Um, and that was a, a pretty special experience to get to do that right at Christmas. Hey, so let me throw one more thing in here, Galen. We're talking about real community that for me has, uh, the outcome of that was creating the most memorable and most special Christmas for me. Right. Like we still tell our kids the story when we're getting the tree up and like telling the story. uh, Yeah. Our fake tree with our cool ornaments. (laughs) So we hit on something really special. I know your story and I know that God used people in your absolute mess with you and where life had taken you at that point. And I also know your post story of how God's discipled you through these last number of years, you know, Galen, how likely would you be to have stayed in relationship with Christ without people? Oh, very small chance. Me too. Very small chance. So that's where we're going. We keep mentioning to you guys, I think, uh, the, um, live stream event that happens January 10th from 8 to 9.30. Galen, it is about discovering this crazy thing that our good friend Melissa, she's a rich Bible teacher. She's Mm going to show us this pattern. It doesn't stop there, though. That only what's our appetite for the part two, which is really that pattern or the principles around it is going to take us to this premise that if we don't have people that we're doing our faith journey with, uh we're in some danger. If we're asking ourselves, why isn't faith more obvious or evident in my life? Or if women are saying, man, I wish I had people to do this with. They, whoever that is on Facebook or Instagram, they have their people. I don't have my people to spur me on, to keep me accountable, to pray for me, to encourage me, to correct me. Man, um, this is literally what the January 10th event is. It's why it's called, um, what is it called, Galen? Fiercely Focused Friends. Thank you. Exactly. (laughs) It's why it's called Fiercely Focused Friends is we can't do this faith journey. Mm -hmm. I I suppose we could, Galen. I suppose we could do this solo. God did not intend it to be done solo. So it's not just about, hey, you ought to have your people. It's literally going to give us such practical ways of creating and sustaining a group of Fiercely Focused Friends. Like for so real. Cool. Yeah. So it's a cool. game changer. It's taken my friendships that are around me that were getting good, good friendships to being ones who these women have now become women who for one another, we keep one another focused on God. Um, that doesn't just happen typically accidentally. So, uh, we hope you'll join us. You could register for free. This is why it's super important for you to shoot a couple texts to some friends and ask them to join you in the live stream uh, because you're going to want a couple, and I mean one to four of your people afterward. 
for this totally optional, totally low pressure, uh, totally free invite into this creating of, um, I don't know, a, a structure that's going to give your friendships that you have today a way of igniting God without being weird. You know mm. what I mean, Galen? Yeah. yeah. It's one thing for me to hear from God. It's another when I can then take that and and speak it or say it to someone else. Yeah. Um, and that's the first thing that I want to do because when I hear from God, it's, it's transforming something in my life and in my heart, and I want to share that with somebody else. And well, I think that's why God created us as a body, as a community. Yeah. And that's why we're called Women Speaking Truth. Literally the name of this podcast, because there is something radical that happens, not just when God speaks to me through his word, although, come on, that's phenomenal. But when I am, uh, when I have people around me, my community of women that I'm doing God life with, and when, you know, the thing is five or 10 years ago, I totally had my people, but my Bible time was my Bible time. And I do think God spoke to me. Galen, it never came across my lips, or at least not very often, because I didn't have people who were reading the same thing. Or like, how do you bring that up without making a friendship weird? You know, and I was kind of wigged out by that and didn't want to be looked at as wacky. So, um, man, when we're in the Bible heading in the same direction with our people, totally on the same page, and we are permitted to not just internalize the things that God's speaking to us, but to externalize it, like the truth comes out of our lips. It doesn't just do something in my friends around me. It literally ignites and solidifies in me the thing that God's doing. It's a game changer. Like Galen, we're just not meant to do this alone. We're just not. So uh, this is a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Check it out. It's you can check it out at um, truthgroups.com slash friends. So, hey, a couple quick things to know. Uh, Galen, why don't we just stay here? Do you want to or do you want to keep going? You know, I think it actually kind of ties into oh, go, go, what go. we had, <laughs> I'm so what happy. we were going to talk about, and so I love that. Um, this, you know, something we've been talking about a lot. If you've been with us, you know, is faith. And last week we talked about faith being this external evidence of obedience. Um, and so we talked about what does it look like? Like, what is the internal process that happens in order for us to live out our faith? Yeah. And it's this idea of listening. Wait, you mean it's not guilt? Because not for guilt. far too long, like I think yeah. for decades, Galen, I've been like hoping the guilt for not living how I really want to. And I think how God intends me to, you know, I was always hoping that guilt would be the catalyst to finally pull up my bootstraps and do it this time. Do you know what I mean? Can you relate to that at all? I can. Yeah. Absolutely. It doesn't work. No. We don't recommend it. It's no. so short-lived. It can be a catalyst, but that baby's going to f- like burn out in record time. And in my experience, guilt leads to striving. And yeah. striving burns me out so fast. And pri- striving is the uh, recipe for pride because we did it. Because I accomplished it. Yeah. I did it on my own. Whereas there's this other process that happens um, of listening to mm-hmm. what God has to say. And we listen to it so intently. 
that we are able to repeat it back to another person. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wait. You see how that kind of ties into this whole idea of community and being together and having these godly relationships and um, moving through our faith journey together. But it's when Mm -hmm. we are listening so intently to God um, that we're able to argue his point for him to someone else. So what is that verse in Hebrews 10 that you were going to read us? Uh, faith come, I've memorized so actually, it. this is in Romans, Romans 10. Romans 10. But let me give you a little backstory. Please. So um, obedience, when I'm looking at this whole concept of obedience, you kind of think it's pretty straightforward. Like someone tells you to do something, you do it. Yeah. God tells us to do something, we do it. Um, and, and actually, Andy, I don't know if you remember this, but you sent me this verse several months ago. Um, and it was about another topic entirely about stepping into calling. Uh, but it's a verse in Philippians two and it's, uh, Philippians two, eight, and it's talking about Jesus and it says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Well, one of my favorite things to do, if you know me or have studied with me, is I love to look up definitions because I feel like it helps me really stop and think about words in a different way and maybe think of aspects of that word that I wouldn't have noticed before. And so I looked up this word obedient in verse eight about Jesus becoming obedient to the point of death because he's our ultimate example, right? Uh And that word literally means attentively listening. Wait. And it's only used wait, like seriously? three times in the Bible. Yeah. So wait, you're saying that in Philippians 2, 8, where it's discussing Christ mm-hmm. and humility, mm-hmm. this says he became, he was becoming obedient to the point of death, that the actual word obedient means attentively listening. He attentively listened to the point of death. I so wish my children would learn to attentively <laughs> listen to the point of death to me. <laughs> okay, that's wait, a that's great like picture. This is super insightful. <clears throat> so you're saying that this aspect of attentively listening has probably everything to do with obedience. Everything to do with obedience. I mean, the huh. word means attentively listening. And, and like I said, it's only used a handful of times. And then there, that there's another meaning to obedience, which is doing, you know, what God tells us to do. Um, but this idea just really caught me because it made me realize there's an aspect to listening that I just hadn't thought about before that. I I think this is why God says to meditate on his words, Hmm. to, you know, write them on our door frames, to tattoo them on our arms, you know, to really imprint God's word on our heart. Hmm. We can't do that just by reading it. I mean, think about when you're um, reading something, I can read three pages in a book. And then if you ask me what I just read, yeah, if I wasn't listening or in tune with what I was reading, taking it in and really absorbing it, I have no idea. <laughs> right. Right. And then what good is it? It's no good. Yeah. And so there's a difference between reading or listening hmm. and actually attentively listening, hearing, taking that information in, in a way that's transformative. So this is interesting. I mean, it logically, it's a no brainer, but I think when our boots hit the ground, we miss it big time. Like if we want to be women who are living in our callings, Mm. fueled by faith, Mm. 
Um, there has to be this listening element. And I think far too often, Galen, we see faith as an event, right? It's like a do. It's a spectacle. And I don't mean that negatively. I mean, it's a, a show. It's, it's a event. And then we go home and the event concludes and it's done. Right. Whereas this is, this is not an event. It's a way of living our life, listening Mm-hmm. that fuels the faith in like this moment when exactly. there's nothing happening. And in two hours when there's literally nothing happening that my attentive listening can transform my faith life. Is that what we're saying? It's this internal process that mm-hmm. happens. And so listening is a form of obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wow. That's crazy. Listening is a form of obedience. Yes. And sometimes, and you know, I've seen this, I saw this in Exodus a little bit, which I thought was super interesting. There are times when, um, God said, told the Israelites or Moses do this thing. And then there were times when he said, be still, be still and listen. And it's just a super interesting concept that God would sometimes tell us to move and act in faith and sometimes tell us to listen in faith. So I think that um, this idea of, of listening, how do we, it begs the question, then how do we develop our listening skills? What does that mean? How do we really, truly, practically listen to what God has to say um, and do that in, as, a, as a form of obedience? Yeah, this is probably, Galen, the, I'm just going to make a a blanket statement here, but I think there's probably some truth to it. In my personal life, uh, this aspect of listening attentively to God requires, like, let's start from a square one, time, time set apart to listening. I don't multitask well. I don't. And let's be real. Is multitasking even attentively listening? I don't think it it's is. It's not. No. It's not attentive. It could be a, a passive form of listening. And here's the thing. I think I'm seriously doing this when it comes to God. Do you know what I mean? And what I'm missing is not um, the big picture things. I'm just generalizing here. What I'm missing by not uh, attentively listening to him, and I mean seriously just listening, where my heart is quiet and my mind is fixed. And for me, that means my environment is really silent. And there's this aspect of just setting aside the day-to-day task list and just being with God and me not speaking, which like never happens, but I'm missing out on the relationship part. Like this is where the relationship happens, not just instructions for the next assignment, but where the being tended to and loved and cherished by God, um, happens. It's that's kind of, that sucks. And have you ever had those moments where I have these moments and it's, it's weird. They typically happen in the shower for whatever reason, but I think it's because you're just not really doing anything else, you know? Um, and it's, it's a quiet environment. And when I have specifically heard God speak to me, 
Mm-hmm. And often it's with scripture. He will place a scripture in my mind and it may be a scripture that I have not read or memorized for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but when that happens, I feel so loved, mm-hmm. so loved. And I miss out on that when I don't take the time to attentively listen to what God wants to say to me, because sometimes it is truly his spirit ministering Mm. to my spirit um, by speaking through his words and sharing his truth of love and compassion and that his mercies are new every morning. Mm. And that has been a verse that goodness, these past few weeks I've been hanging on to um, for dear life, but we miss out on that when we don't attentively listen to what he's trying to say. It kind of does put all of it in perspective with that Romans 10 verse that Mm -hmm. you're saying is faith comes by hearing Mm -hmm. and hearing by the word of God. Mm -hmm. Like if we're looking for how to, um, I keep saying the word nurture, God, would you nurture my faith these days? man, Galen, if I like, this is so interesting because that has been my prayer for about the last four months. God, would you teach me how to nurture the faith that you've already deposited into me? Um, because what I want to ask is God, will you give me more faith? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's so reckless Mm -hmm. if I'm not even attentively listening so that he can guide that faith. You know what I mean? If I'm not, Mm -hmm. if I'm disregarding the faith that he's already given me, why one earth ought I to ask for more or should he give me more faith? Mm. So this prayer of God, would you teach me how to nurture my faith? This feels like, Oh, I didn't know this Galen, that Mm. this attentive listening part is what spurs on faith. I didn't know that. Well, and I think something that really stuck out to me that you said, Andy, when we were talking about this idea of attentive listening, um, being a form of obedience and something that does nurture our faith is you said, you know, attentive listening is listening to a point that you can repeat back and argue, even argue someone else's point. So let's just say, for instance, you and I have a disagreement about something. If I am attentively listening to you, that means that I could repeat back to you point for point what you would use to support yep. what you believe right. and support your arguments. And so I think that, you know, we've talked about this before, but this idea that actually speaking something has power, that words Mm -hmm. have power. And so this idea that not just attentively listening, but to a point that I can speak to you what it is that God is saying to me is powerful. Mm. And that is why God doesn't want us to do faith on our own. Because then when I'm able to articulate and speak with my words, what it is that Mm. God is teaching to my heart, that does something in you. It ignites that response in you and builds our faith as a collective. And it doesn't just build my faith. So here's a couple camps we could fall in, right? Is, well, I'll just listen to more podcasts. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to listen to more elevation music songs or whatever. And I'm not saying a yay or nay. I'm saying for me, that just adds to the noise of my life compared. I'm saying from Andrea Bruce, for me personally, that's not attentive listening for me. And I could describe exactly it's going downstairs when my house is quiet So, um, for me, that's part of it and sitting in that big red chair and 
opening my Bible and putting my head back and closing my eyes and just being like, God, like, I just, I come to you. I don't have a lot to say, or I do have a lot to say. Would you temper my words so that I could just be with you? Mm. Um, just to be with you. And Galen, when that happens, and I've mentioned already, it's not often these days. It is the most restful place. And man, I've just never considered how much faith it activates within me. Hmm. It's like I've never, I've, I would have for sure said it brings rest. It brings assurance. Um, it brings focus. You know what I mean? Of like, that's right, God, you matter. You matter. It brings like uh, awareness of how I want my life to live. But I didn't realize just how much faith it activated in me. So this is super cool. Like for me personally, it's super um, prescriptive. Mm-hmm. As I'm praying, God, would you nurture, would you teach me to nurture the faith that you've already deposited into me? This is cool because this is. feels like a major answer of what I do next. And it's just a way for us to look at how we obey God. And when we talk about obedience being that um, evidence of a a pattern of living, that obedience is a pattern of living. Um, This idea of attentively listening, that's one of the patterns um, that God says and lays out for us as something that should be evident in our Mm -hmm. lives. So we do that, yes, with God, but we do that together as a community. And that's who we are as women speaking truth. um, And that's who we are as truth groups. And so we hope that you um, will join us for Mm -hmm. this event on January 10th. We hope that you'll bring your people. Um, Mm -hmm. We hope that you will have an opportunity really to hear from God and then with your people be able to speak that to one another and that it would build your faith and that it would build your people's faith um, as Mm -hmm. we really focus our eyes on God and want to be women who are living out our calling. And we have the coolest way for that to happen. It's these truth groups. It's, oh my gosh, like... Galen, I just ended my nine-week truth group. Best thing I did this fall, by mm-hmm. far. Um, it Like, the best thing I did. So, this is what we would love to have you guys join us. You could register truthgroups.com backslash friends. All you got to do is put your name, literally name, email, submit. We're making it super duper easy because we want to send you a PDF for it. Uh, and then... Of course, this is for free. You'll have the opportunity to say yes to doing a mini truth group after the live stream event with your friends. We'll give you for free, of course, all the resources. So our privilege to do that. Come join us. See you guys very soon. Galen, is this our last one in 2021? I mean, what year is this? This is 2020. Yes. Is <laughs> Lord help us. Is this our last episode? No, no. We go into Christmas and then we'll be back for one more quick episode next week and then into the new year. Wow. Okay, cool. Can't wait. Bye, you guys.